Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, please visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Welcome in to episode 76 of The Grid. I'm Gabe Myers, and alongside me, as usual, is Mike Foreman. We're going to talk some UIL realignment appeal news for Victoria West. We're going to talk some basketball playoffs going on. Baseball and softball have started. The weather's heating up as well, and we're all thankful for that here in Texas. But really the big news of the week was uh, Victoria West's appeal of its realignment for its football district. Mike, you were there in Round Rock on Tuesday, and it was uh, it was something, and that's how I'm going to lead into it. Yeah, it was uh, quite the spectacle. Uh, you know, I got there early uh, to kind of see what was going on, and they handled uh, the first three appeals, uh, which were Lufkin, um, Angleton, and then I believe it was uh, some kind of Spring Branch or some one of those schools up there near Houston. And they were all kind of grouped together because uh, – one team went to one district, one team went to another, and the third went to another. They're all kind of, like I said, tied together. And they approved that. Uh, and it sounded like to me that, you know, which I don't understand why they didn't go ahead and just uh, draw the district like that, but that's what happened. Then it was, uh, they took a break and it was Victoria's turn. And the sense I got, and a lot of people seem to think that since they had approved Lufkin and everyone, that the West would be approved. Well, that obviously wasn't the case, uh, and that, and it was very strange because, um, you know, after uh, Jeff, uh, after uh, Meyer gave his presentation, you know, the uh, the assist deputy superintendent. Uh, Spencer Gant was with him, but he let Meyer speak. Um, they There were no questions. And then um, here comes Brenda Marshall from Corpus Christi, the uh, athletic director down there, and she speaks against it, obviously, which we knew was going to happen because uh, both districts had voted against, you know, West leaving. And then, then here comes uh, Hernandez, who is on the committee and is the superintendent. Roland Corpus. Hernandez. Roland Hernandez. The superintendent for Corpus Christi ISD. He's on the appeals committee. He comes off, sits in the witness chair, and testifies against it. Well, what um, VISD people come back. Uh, to rebut what Brenda Marshall had said about the officials, where that was a totally ridiculous statement that uh, Victoria had vetoed them using Corpus Chapter, therefore it cost them extra money to bring the officials in from uh, Houston or College Station or wherever. And uh, that's that's just ridiculous because... All the coaches have to agree on officials. That means the corpus coaches, too. And I was told by one coach that one of the corpus coaches actually did not want to use corpus officials. So that, that whole thing was ridiculous. But um, they go back up there, rebut that. 
then there's no questions at all for them from the committee. They just vote unanimous rejection. Uh, unanimous rejection. Unanimous. It wasn't even close. I mean, to me, that says to me that they had their minds made up before they walked in that room. And, uh, you know, I hate to assign motives to people, but I can, I can almost assure you that obviously Corpus Christi did not want West in that district. Um, because I look at the, you know, the facts are that now they have the uh, five Corpus Christi teams along with Gregory Portland. Well, competitively, all you have to do is look at what's going on, and you see GP and Miller, and that leaves two other playoff bursts. And if West comes in that district, you would think West would get West one. West would be the th- – I mean, we saw it yeah. this year. You know, every week this year I tried to talk up, oh, could – Moody or Ray or yeah. whoever beat West, and, and it ended up being like 52 to 10. It'd be a splattering every, yeah. every week. And then, uh, and so, uh, I mean, that was pretty obvious. I mean, what what was going on here. But uh, very disappointing. Um, you know, I that's the first time that I, I'd ever gone to a hearing. Um, and, I mean, uh, I kind of was – position to believe that most of the appeals would be turned down but um after what happened with uh you know with uh, lufkin and angleton i i thought wow you know maybe they have a chance because they have a good argument and uh so what, what was the uh take some of us there what was the argument that the VISD used because that well yeah, the first of all was the mileage and the travel because obviously if uh, they have to go to Kerrville, Tyvee, or Bernie, um, or one of those schools, that means on Thursday for your sub-varsity, you have to leave early. You're not going to get back to late. And uh, those students have to get up and go to school the next day because they don't play on a Friday. They play on a Thursday. And uh, for Friday's games, because of apparently uh, – with all the band and the cheerleaders and the varsity, you know, they claim they'd have to have over 20 substitute teachers because of uh, with the students leaving and the, you know, I oh, guess the coaches, the are coaches and they'd have I didn't to, even think about that. Yeah, that's like, that's a pretty big expense, not to mention where you're going to find 20 substitutes. Um, they also brought up, which I wasn't really aware of, and it's kind of a unique situation, uh, of the uh, parent-approved student absence. Basically, what that means is that if a kid comes back late for a game, they don't come to school the next day, and that's the parents allow that to happen. I, my, my mom allowed that for me when I was in, <laughs> when she? I was in high school. Yeah, it, like if I came back late from an AAU tournament Sunday night, she wouldn't Monday morning. She wouldn't send me to school the next day. Yeah, well, that apparently is quite a problem here. Well, and then also you also got to think Victoria ISD starts at seven thirty in the yeah. morning. Well, it, they, they, a lot of schools started like I, I think my high school started like at eight thirty in the yeah. morning, but seven thirties. You're getting to campus seven or before seven right. o'clock, and. Uh, you know, he pointed that out, and of course, uh, the issue there becomes if you start compounding that, if you start having uh, students miss a lot of classes, then they start failing, 
And when you fail, you can't participate in athletics. And, um, you know, a lot of times kids will drop out of school. So uh, that was one of their main arguments, obviously, the travel. Um, You know, they, I mean, what I kind of thought was funny was that the argument from Corpus that, hey, uh, under the current situation, our farthest trip is to Gregory Portland, which is right across the bridge, which is true. But um, how long have they been coming to Victoria? You right. know, why is this all of a sudden such a burden? This is not a new – going to Victoria is not a new no. trip. You know, to me, I I still am – I don't know the word for flabbergasted maybe yeah. that they didn't just make a district with the five corpus teams, Gregory Portland, Victoria West, and Alice. They send Alice down to the valley. Down to the valley. And I believe Alice is in a five-team district. And the thing about it is... Uh, they're in a, I, yeah, they, is it, I'm not sure if it's five or six, but yeah, yeah. it's a small district. And uh, the thing about it is um, I'm surprised Alice actually didn't appeal. But, uh, you know, so basically that's what you've done. And, uh, you know... Let's let's be honest. From a competitive standpoint, this is going to be a lot more difficult for West. But you know, there's I think there's some good sides to this. One is you don't have to deal with CCISD, which you, anybody that you know knows this that like uh, I think you could ask schools like Flower Bluff, you ask GP, you know, you ask. Schools that aren't CCISD. London would be another one. Yeah, I mean, they have the votes. Let's face it. I mean, there's six of those schools, and they're going to outvote you. And that's why we have things like zones, because, you know, that was their idea, CCISD. And uh, most of the coaches I talked to hate it. No, there, I didn't find Even Corpus coaches. I know even Corpus coaches that don't like it. Okay, so you don't have to deal with that. Two is it's gonna it's gonna force you to raise the level of your play. If you wanna compete, you're gonna have to play better. And that means, you know, that it was the same way when they were with Fort Bend. If you wanna compete with these schools, you've got to raise your level of play. And uh, that way if you can't sneak in the playoffs, you know, I think you have a better chance. The, so that part is true. If you can get into the playoffs from from this district that West is going to be in from 13-5A Division Two, yes, you have a you're positioned well to potentially go pretty far. But the uh, the other side of the argument, and what people are concerned about, is wh- what if we just go and get steamrolled? It's too much of a jump in competition, and that's the, in my mind, that's a legitimate concern. It is a concern, but. On the other hand, that is, uh, it's not a concern for realignment. For realignment purposes. That, no. I mean, all right, come on, let's, let's, we know that they say that competitive uh, reasons aren't a reason for, you know, appealing or, you know, you know, contesting a district. But the fact remains that, uh, you know, Corpus wanted this district for competitive reasons. There's, it's obvious. 
And uh, the other part, you know, I mean, I could point, look, at, I can point out, look at Refurio. I mean, they took them back south, took them away from Ganado and Shiner. Well, Shiner dropped. Shiner was dropped. But, I mean, But this, even like Weimer's in that district now, and Weimer was pretty yeah. good last year. So even like, you know, you go back to 2011 when the Refurio competed against these schools and won the state championship, they set the state scoring record. And what do we hear every week? Oh, they're running up the score. They're running up. Well, I mean, to me, that's the UIL's fault. You know, put them in a better district. Same thing happened with Alito. When Alito got put in with the Fort Worth ISD schools, they steamrolled them, and they were getting criticized, too, for running up the score. Well, what are they supposed to do? If you're a football coach and you have a team that's going to compete in the playoffs, you have got to let your starters play. And that means probably three quarters. And in three quarters, you can score 80 or 90 points. You can put up a lot of points. And as a coach, and I think a lot of people would say, like, oh, well, just, you know, don't try to run up the score. Like, as a coach, am I supposed to tell my players to drop their standard? Because these Refurio, you mentioned, I know they have standards in their program. Ganado is a team that's on the rise. Josh has standards within Mm -hmm. his program. These coaches aren't going to drop their standards because other teams can't compete with them because they know down the line they're playing a Refurio. They're playing a Timson. They're playing a team that is going to challenge Mm -hmm. them, and they're trying to prepare their players as best they can. Yeah, and if you pull your starters at halftime – when they do get in a four-quarter game, they're not in shape, and it's difficult. So, I mean, you know, we can talk about this. I, I, I'll I, say this. I know uh, Spencer Gann was very upset with what went on because it, yeah, I think it was very disheartening because he felt like they didn't get a fair shake, and I, I have to agree with him. I, I really felt like West had a good case. I mean uh, – you know, I felt like that the mileage that they have to travel as opposed to where they would have to travel is justification for making that appeal. And, like, you mentioned that Corpus brought up the road trips for them as if they haven't been making the trips to Victoria for 40 years. I know. Like this, It's not like I know. this is a new thing for them. Yeah, I, I know. And, I, see, and by doing that, see, this is why they did it because – the difference in mileage for Victoria, they figured like uh, 1,400 miles additional travel by being in this district. Well, Corpus came up, they came up with a figure of around 1,100 miles. Be, well, the, the reason being because that's the difference between just playing GP and the Corpus schools and playing Victoria. That's where the difference well, the cor- is, but that's misleading. Because the Corpus schools aren't traveling at all. No, they, they, they except have, to, they, across the bridge to GP. Right. That's it. I mean, but then what I then what I thought was interesting is, and I wasn't even aware of this. I guess I should have been, but after West gets finished, here comes Harlandale and uh, McCollum, which are in West's new district. Right. And they're petitioning to go back in a district with uh, San Antonio ISD schools. And they pointed out that they are like four miles from SAISD schools. Whereas now, this district they're put in. They're in with Bernie and Bernie and Victoria. And these are poor school districts. They're not wealthy districts. And so they have to deal with a loss of school, more money to travel, 
but and they lost by a four three vote. The the chairman of the committee had to break the tie. But um the you know, and I the reason they didn't do it, I guarantee you, is not because the appeal wasn't justified, it's that they didn't want to leave West and them in a five team district. Right. They try to avoid that. So basically you've got uh Harlandale and McCollum being punished because they don't want a five team district. And that's my point. If you take if you take Victoria and Alice and put them in with Corpus, then you can juggle the book, juggle it around to where probably, you know, Harlandale and McCollum, even if they are in this district, at least they don't have to go to Victoria. Right. Which cuts out a big chunk of your trip. So, you know, that was other. And of course, um, all the uh, basketball appeals were turned down, one of them being Tidehaven, which, uh, you know, I understood the reason for the appeal. I mean, uh, they they wanted to, to be in a district with that would be more similar to their for, football district. Therefore, on Friday nights and stuff, you don't have to have your cheerleaders who play volleyball come from another school to where you're playing. So, uh, but those were all denied. I mean, that. I mean, even uh, Coach Lucio told me he says. Uh, I'm going to go up there, they're going to tell me no, and I'm going to leave, you know, and basically that's what happened. The uh, I think a lot of people kind of got their hopes up early in the day because mm-hmm. so many appeals were won early on, and the yeah. impression I had gotten, and you had alluded to it, was that these are usually denied, and yeah. there's not, you know, maybe like a one in ten chance you can actually win one of these things, even yeah. with a good case. So I think there were three appeals won to start the day, and it was like, oh, okay, they're in a, yeah, they're in a giving generous <laughs> mood today. And I mean, for Victoria, for Victoria West, that obviously was not the case. And we we've talked about just. Kind of the merits of Victoria's case over and over again, and it is when when you have, I mean, the offic- the officiating thing you mentioned it. All the all yeah. the coaches have to agree on officials. Yeah. That that feels like a non kind yeah. of a nonsense reason. But then for the the superintendent of Corpus Christi ISD to be on the board, even if he's not allowed to vote in that specific one, that's just. I know. I, I mean, that that, that at, at best it's a it's a really bad look. At yeah. best, it's a really bad look. Yeah, and for him to be sitting there testifying against it, I mean that to me. I mean, uh, if it's not a conflict, it sure has the appearance of a conflict. Right. And uh, and that's, at best, it's the appearance. Of yeah, a conflict. and uh, I mean, you know, I I know. Uh, a lot of people probably suspect that he orchestrated this whole thing, especially because it was a unanimous. Yeah, you know, that's the that's yeah. the that's the odd thing to me because mm-hmm. you mentioned the Harlandale McCollum was yeah. a four three, mm-hmm. but that that Victoria West was a unanimous no. When ev- everyone coming in, when I say everyone, I just go to Matt Step because he's the yeah. godfather of Texas high school football media. But he he uh, you know West and Lufkin were the two. He said if anyone's going to win, it'll be those two, West yeah. and Lufkin. And that was – I was talking to people in Corpus throughout the day, and they all thought, you know, they yeah. thought it was a foregone conclusion that Wes mm. was going to come down. I, I was the one telling them, well, I don't know, let's see. But they all <laughs> thought, no, they're definitely coming back down here. And they were all shocked to get – they were all shocked to get the news. And the fact that it was unanimous, it's – Yeah, it was – I mean, that's – Yeah. Again, it's weird. I, at best, it's weird. Yeah, I, I don't like to go to conspiracy theories. Right. You know, I don't want to go there. 
But uh, this, I mean, this sure had a look of a of a pre-orchestrated kind of thing, a done deal before they even walked in there. Especially because it was unanimous. Yeah. Like if it was a if it was a four three or a three two or yeah. whatever, then fine, you know. Yeah. Fine, but the fact that it was unanimous is so. I guess it would have been four zero in this case because Hernandez couldn't yeah. vote. But yeah, that, so. But if it had been, you know, yeah, a three-two or a, yeah, you know, five, or a tie-breaking yeah. vote or something like that, I I get it. But yeah, I uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, and you look at it. Of course, you got East here. Um, well, East knew East, and I mean that made sense because really all you have over here are Flower Bluff vets and East. Yeah, and uh, obviously three teams they, isn't enough to make a difference. Yeah, and when they took those two teams south, you knew East was yeah. going to San Antonio, and I, I mean that makes sense. But well, it was either San Antonio or Houston, and, and there was no. Yeah, and uh, someone suggested to me that they felt like. What what happened with a lot of this was um, the agree the the a lot of the five A D two schools that had been opting up elected to fall where they were, especially in Corpus. Yeah, and so this district, some people thought this may be a payback to them for not opting up. See, because by opting up, that all that usually would. But CCISD was the first one was the first one to say we'll just let them fall where they yeah. may. It wasn't Victoria ISD. No, they, but it, that's it, what I mean. Yeah. This is a gift from the UIL to them for agreeing not to opt up. See, by agreeing not to, to opt up, we'll say we're going to give you your own district. Oh, uh, see that I've heard that mentioned. And, uh, you know, who knows? You're better connected than I am. So <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I don't want to say this i just thought the whole thing was very weird and uh you know i i don't get wrapped up in all this i mean i don't to me they're gonna play who they have to play yeah. you know and I, if they can't compete that's on them yeah you know i'm sorry but uh you want to be you want to play you know football you need to make your program the best it can possibly be and if it is can't measure up to this school's then you need to figure out what you need to do to get it to measure up. And there, of course, that's a whole nother discussion. Have you, uh, have you seen the Victoria East, kind of their new hashtag or slogan heading into 2024? Uh-uh. Embrace the suck. Embrace the suck, yeah. They put uh, out a video or something on their football page the other day. So, Well, I'll tell you what, they're, they're, they're going to have some trips because, uh, you know, I was at Smithson Valley for the Quail game uh, last that's a, night. That's a trip. <laughs> and that, I'm a, I, can, I can vouch for that. That is a trip. Yeah, so we'll transition to high school yeah. basketball playoffs <laughs> on that note. Mike was in Smithson Valley yesterday. I stayed home at Victoria for Victoria East and Corsair Vets. Mike, we'll start. We'll start with your game, and Quero ran into a really good Fredericksburg team. Yeah, I mean that game was, jeez, uh, before you even looked up. I mean, I think uh, they led by fifteen or sixteen by the end of the first quarter, and it was like thirty at halftime. And uh, Quero was just it couldn't handle the press for one thing. Uh, had thirty turnovers in the game, and. Uh, it, it it was just like you could tell that Fredericksburg was on a different level. Right. And that's not to criticize Quero because I think uh, that team has come a long way. 
and uh, it's a very good team, but they it just wasn't prepared to play a team on the level of Fredericksburg. That, yeah, and uh, it's you know it's too bad because you look at what they did this year, they end up what thirty four and four, but you know it's a it's a bad way to end. But I mean, if you you look you flip it over, you had a great season. You've got four starters coming back, so. Uh, and it and it pointed out some areas where they're going to have to get better right. if they want to, you know, compete at a higher level. Yeah, and that's I mean, this is one of the things where it's also just man that district doesn't do them any favors. No. So they go through district, and they're outside of Lavernia. It's yeah. not competitive for them. They might yeah. as well be playing JV teams. Yeah, it is, and I mean that's the thing. You just you don't get better. You know, when you play those teams, it's hard to get better. So. Uh, Whereas you look at Fredericksburg, and they're over here playing uh, Bernie. They're playing Navarro. They're playing Wimberley. Right. I mean, my gosh, I, I just, uh, you know, Navarro was the fourth-place team in that district. And, uh, you know, Quarrel played them in my district, and uh, that was not a blowout by any measure. Quarrel won by a comfortable margin, but it, it was a, you know, competitive game. So, uh you know, that's something I, I'm sure. I, in fact, I know Amy's Crane's looking at that, and uh, she knows she's going to have to toughen up the schedule. Yeah, and that's something I remember. There was a there was a when I was in New Mexico last year. There was a really good boys high school team in the class, one of the classes I covered, and they were what they call a res school, an Indian reservation school, mm-hmm. and their district was just not strong. So they were great non district, blew through the district schedule. Kind of, they got to the semifinals. They ran into one of the teams I was covering. Team I covered was in the yeah. toughest district in that class in the state. So they they weren't a more talented team, but they were a more prepared team uh-huh. and had been in close games and kind of handled them start to finish yeah. because they had been, you know, they had played a tougher level of competition for a couple of months. And that's that's a real that's a real thing. And I'm interested to see what I mean. You said you mentioned Amy Crane's already looking at that. I, scheduling, that's what I hear. Scheduling. I'm very interested to see what Quero, the Quero girls' non-district basketball schedule looks like next year. And, you know, sometimes you get some opportunities to play a non-district game in the middle of district play as well, depending uh-huh. on how the calendar works out. So I'm curious to see if if that's something that Quero looks at. I'm not, I mean, they're, I guess they're still working out the district schedule for basketball next year because a new district just got announced. But – I would imagine that's something Coach Crane is looking at is can you know yeah. can we bring in a a really good team to to play in a, during our during the non districts during the district team district schedule can we bring someone in I was I stayed here in Victoria yesterday Victoria East and Corpus Christi Vets and East it was it was similar to Flower Bluff a couple weeks ago where Vets was in a zone and East just had a lot of trouble breaking it down. And it's, this is what I took away from it. I I thought Yolanda said it best. Yolanda Wimbush North, the head coach of Victoria East said it best. We were thinking too much and not play. And we weren't playing instinctively enough. And that's when you were watching East offensively, that's really what it was is they were just, you can tell they're so well drilled to do what, what they're coached to do. And that sometimes you just have to not go against your coaching, but just audible play, yeah. you know, take what the defense is giving you, but they're like, they're so drilled to do what they do that the East and it was against flower bluff. It was the same thing. They have a tough time pivoting from what they want to do. 
and I thought Vets did a really good job. There, you know, their zone gave kind of an odd look. They were Flower Bluff. It was their size and length that really affected them. With Corpus Christi Vets, it was they weren't all that big, but they were quick and Mike. They were active. This was a really active basketball team defensively. Active hands, active feet, even shots in the paint that probably should have went in. Just with veterans' activity and getting a hand up and being in the area, shots that probably should have went in didn't go in. Vets also won the rebounding battle, which they're not a big team, but again, activity. They were just five girls around the ball all the time, and their guards were very quick. They're, I think there's very few guard backcourts that can match the quickness of Sanaya Randall and Avery Valentine, but Vets was uniquely suited to do that. And it was just East couldn't get anything going offensively. And defensively, I thought East played really well, especially early on. Defense kept them in the game, but Vets would have these. It was never like extended runs, but they'd go on these like two-minute long 6-2 spurts that happened in each quarter the first in the first half. And that's how they kind of built their lead. They have a seven-point lead going into halftime. East comes back to start the second half, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. It's a five-point game late in the third quarter. And back-to-back buckets from veterans, including one jumper that was just off balance, <laughs> off the backboard, and just goes in. And it's you could just tell at that point the, the wind was out of the sails for Victoria East. And <laughs> with seven seniors on the roster, four of the six main rotation players were seniors. This is a, this is a tough one to swallow for Victoria East because Vets is, Vets is really good. They're not an easy team to beat, but... I know East players and coaches are sitting there today thinking what could, you know, if we would have done this differently, if we could have just been a little more instinctive, if we could have not had some of these turnovers, just finish some of the shots in the paint, maybe this game goes differently. And that's one that, you know, seven seniors on a team, you lose Sanaya Randall, KK Cleveland, Nevaeh Sanchez, that's uh, Chloe Buckner. That's going to be a hard one to swallow in the weeks to come as you're seeing the rest of these playoffs play out. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I just never thought that – I just always thought their guard play would, you know, would be more of a factor than it was. I mean, I understood they had a size advantage on a lot of teams, but, with you know, when you have the two guards like they have, uh, to me, they they just never played the role, the biggest role as I thought they would this year, um, defensively and offensively. You know, um, I don't know. You know, it was that was the one thing that I I never could really understand about that team. Well, so Sanaya Randall is not really a scorer. She yeah. she kind of she does everything else for them. Yeah. She's actually you know I think in all the uh-huh. the playoff game she was one of the leading rebounders but she's not really a big scorer and the coach Norris she she put such an emphasis on getting the ball inside and get and getting the ball inside and you know KK Cleveland's uh-huh. pretty good at finishing around the rim that you see the guards are you know at times they can be hesitant to shoot especially if they've missed a couple already because they, they know it's like, hey, let's get the ball inside. Let's do that. And there were a couple times in this game and in other games as well during the season where the guards had open looks from three, yeah. but and the defense starts kind of daring them to shoot it, but it, it becomes a, well, I know I should get the ball inside. Also, I don't – they're mm-hmm. daring me to shoot it. Do you do what the defense wants you to do necessarily? But 
so it kind of you know it becomes a mental game and that's what kind of coach north was saying after the game was like we were thinking too much not playing off instinct where sometimes it's just hey yes the coaching point is get the ball inside but also if they're way backed off on you like that shoot the ball yeah just uh move the ball around the perimeter and i mean use your quickness and uh take advantage of that um I don't know. I'm I'm sure they're disappointed because uh, I think they felt like they had a good chance to go to the regional tournament. But uh, you know, actually, uh, and when you have a team with this many senior contributors yeah. too, it's especially. I mean, that it hurts a little more. But actually, uh, we only have one team that is going to the UIL regional tournament, and that would be the Lady Comanches. The Shiner Lady Comanches and. I will be there. Uh, I, I will be there Friday in Kyle against San Saba. Is that yeah, how you say it? San Saba. San Saba. The Ar- armadillas. Now I'm not really sure if they're the lady armadillas. The armadillas are just, just the armadillas. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I but love uh, it. and that actually is not uh, as good as the gobblers. But no, I, I like but it. it's funny because. Uh, Coach Fikach over at Aquero used to coach at San Saba. Yeah. So, oh. so he's had some teams with some interesting nicknames, obviously. Yeah, no. Mascots, yeah. No, no kidding. Well, San Saba beat Mason in yeah. the regional quarterfinal. I covered the Mason Punchers against Ganado earlier this year. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting an education in some of Texas high school's best mascots. And, you know, Shiner, they, they wanted to be in the regional tournament. They won the district title last year. Fell in the second round, and that loss kind of hurt them. They brought, you know, basically all their contributors back this season. They're still – Riley Vancura is, like, one of the only seniors. Like, this is still, like, a re- they're mm-hmm. experienced, but they're not necessarily old. Lenahan's a junior. Callie Sevsik's a junior. Uh, so they have some – you know, this team has some length. You know, they're going to – a lot of these girls will be back next year. But this is where they wanted to be in the regional tournament, and – you know, two A girls basketball. You're going to be hard pressed to find a bigger, more athletic team with, I mean, six foot two Morgan Lenahan, who yeah. she'll step out and shoot the three. She'll handle it a little bit. She'll, you know, go in there and battle Riley Vancura about six feet tall. She rebounds really well. They, they, this is a big athletic team, and I'm, you know. They were excited to get to, you know, when I saw them and talked to them throughout the season, they were excited to get to this point and play teams that can you know, match up with them a little better physically. They're like, hey, let's, you know, let's see. Well, let's let's see what we can do. And now they're here. So I, I know that Coach Coach Christy Peterson and her group, they're excited. They're, you know, they're they're ready to go right now because this is where they wanted to be. This is where they expected to be. And they're they're ready to, you know, this is not a region that's always been great in basketball. They're excited to, you know, test themselves against some of the region's best. Yeah, and we'll see if they can make it. You know, it's been a while. I I was trying to think back to when the last time we had a uh, girls' team at the state tournament, and it's been a while. So, uh, yeah, that this is uh, the last shot. <laughs> yeah, this is, and I, I will say again, th- this Shiner team has a, a lot of, you know, a lot of juniors on this team, so that a lot of these girls will be back next year. You know, Shiner girls right now this is a, a relatively young group. Yeah. They get, they're going to be good, and the, the Lady Comanches are going to be good for quite a yeah. while right now. They're kind of in a position the Shiner boys were like two or three years ago when they had, you know, when they had Dalton Brooks, they were winning football state championships, yeah. and you know, get into the baseball state title game back to back years, or was it back to back to back? I mean, they were yeah, 
three I'm, straight years to the st- state uh, tournament. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's the Lady Comanche athletics right now are really on fire. We've we've talked about what kind of softball team they're going to yeah. be. They're going to they're going to be a heck of a team this year. And baseball, softball has started up in the region in the region right. as well. That's. Uh, Man, it's gonna it's gonna be a really good it's gonna be a really good spring it's gonna be a really good yeah. spring for us. East is going to McAllen this this weekend. Victoria East for their first baseball games of the year. So fun. So little note about East going to McAllen this weekend because I talked to Wes Coley ahead of the season. Part of the reason they're going to McAllen for this tournament right now is because if you know they intend on making the postseason with this group <laughs> and getting over that hump. Their first round playoff games likely in the valley. Yeah, that you know they are at least playing a valley team. So it's hey, let's go get familiar. Let's go get comfortable down there and see what some of these you know teams really really have to offer. So that's uh, so little uh, you know little chess West Coley is yeah. playing right here, trying to get his team familiar. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll have more on uh, baseball and softball and track next time. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and, Mike, uh, you'll be at, you'll be at Ganado for a track and, tomorrow. Uh, you know, but before we go, we want to remind all our basketball coaches out there to send your all area nominations. All area time, baby. Yeah, pretty simple. Just get, get us their name, their grade, classification, and their statistics. That's all we need, and uh, and uh, we're going to try and get on that as soon as we can. And uh, we'll see what what happens now with with the playoffs. Yeah, we're excited, Mike. You'll be in, I believe, Seguin Friday Let's covering play. the the Edna Cowboys in their uh, in their area round contest. Yeah, so. that's what it looks like. So we'll see. Hopefully, we'll ha- we'll still have some teams left next week. Yeah, ho- hey, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe Shiner gets to the state yeah. tournament. And we have a whole heck of a lot to talk about yeah. this time next week. Uh-huh. That'll just about do it for episode 76 of The Grid. I'm trying to think. Orlando Pace, that's a a great left tackle. Yeah, he was quite the left tackle. Uh, Orlando Pace, Hall of Fame left tackle. That's a strong, solid 76 right there. I think that's about where we're going to end the show. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Grid. We can't wait to be back here with you next week.